Welcome to Getting Goosebumps, The Power of Storytelling, the weekly podcast helping you to craft stories that inspire, entertain, and convince. Each week, listen to leading industry experts, from top marketers and CEOs, to producers and writers from the entertainment industry. Learn how to elevate your brand message and spare your audience into action. Hello and welcome to Getting Goosebumps. I'm your host, Brian Adams, and this week I was incredibly excited to talk to JT O'Donnell. JT is a recruiter, a career brand specialist, but at heart she is a people champion with a fresh approach to professional development. And her latest project is aimed at helping brands tell their story to attract top talent that are a right culture fit for their organisation. JT is the CEO of Careerism and Career HMO, and an extremely well-respected influencer and thought leader online. She's got a huge following on LinkedIn. She writes for Fast Company, Inc.com, and a number of other well-respected platforms. So when she talks about talent and how she approaches storytelling in this space, it really is something worth listening to. So in this episode, if you're interested in attracting new customers or top talent to your brand, you'll be specifically interested in JT's approach to building an audience, creating great content, and also letting your brand story unfold online. So as always, sit back, relax, enjoy the episode. You'll probably want to re-listen to this one. There's lots of tips packed into there. And if you do get a chance, let me know what you think of our conversation. Well, hello and welcome to another show, everyone. Today, I am very excited to be joined by one of LinkedIn's top influencers and a genuine thought leader in the recruitment and talent industry, JT O'Donnell. JT, it's so good to be talking to you today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. Good to be here. It's it's great to have you, have you on. I've, I've been looking forward to talking to you, um, JT, because uh, you're up to some very interesting stuff, which um, we might touch on later on. But you're the CEO and founder of Careerism. Can you start by telling us a little bit about that, please, just to set the scene for the audience? Sure, yeah. So Careerism came out of a an idea that I had. I was a career coach for many years. And uh, when the recession was about to hit here in the U.S. in 2008, we saw an opportunity to um, get people to really listen about the new rules of career and job search. And so uh, we launched it, Careerism, with the tagline, Every Job is Temporary, because we knew that going forward, that would be the case, that um, jobs would change, it would become a gig economy, and that we needed to embrace those changes. So we started that, and it's grown every year since then. We get over a million visitors per month to the site, and they are what we would deem sophisticated job seekers or sophisticated professionals who really do want to take ownership of their careers. Wow. Okay. And I mentioned that you're an influencer on, on LinkedIn, possibly because you produce an incredible amount of content. You tell stories to your audience pretty much every day, painting specific scenarios and offering advice and guidance. How on earth do you manage this amount of content, JT? Just what is your secret? Oh, that's so funny. Um, so you talk about storytelling and what I find is when you love what you do, like I do, you're telling stories all day long. And it occurred to me that I was often telling the same stories over and over again as a way to get a message across or teach a, you know, a teachable moment. And so for me, I just realized that if I'm telling that story more than once, you should turn it into an article. You should turn it into a video. And so 
my team and I just became obsessed with how do you do that efficiently? And what we found over time is it's consistency. It's like working out, you know, it's just something that you build into your routine. And when you do it enough, you get very efficient at it and can produce a lot of content in relatively little amount of time, believe it or not. Yeah. I think, you know, I've had guests on before talking about they, they write about their passion and, and that makes it easier, but you consistently hit the mark and you get phenomenal engagement from your audience which means it's constantly consistently relevant as well so how do you make sure that what you're passionate about is what your audience is passionate about because I guess that's what counts right yeah it is and I think one of the things that I'm so lucky to have is that being an early adopter of the influencer platform I really listened I did read those comments. Uh, people would connect with me. I was very open to connecting. People, it's funny, I crack up when they say, I can't believe you're really responding to me in LinkedIn. And, and, and it's really you. And I'll say, of course, it's really me. You can, you know, I want to talk to you, you know. So I think <clears throat> opening my ears and paying attention to them and looking for the trends is something that I've been really focused on and my team we've been focused on. And then um, right in the moment, because there always seems to be something going on in the moment. And if you can tie it to what's happening in the moment, people pay more attention. So for us, it's, it's always been about that and, and being able to create what we call aha moments. It's so funny, actually, because timing is, is really important, isn't it? You know, to be able to hold people's attention. If you're talking about something that they're interested in, right now then obviously you know you can have a, a, a better result and and you do that incredibly well all the time how important is that to your business now just what sort of impact is that making oh it's so important we have to be on top of all the trends we're always looking at current events in fact that's one of the things that my team and I have been talking about that we could still do a better job with how do you stay uh, relevant and see what's really hitting people between the eyeballs today in the minute? And then what can we do to create content to support that? And it's not easy, but it pays off, right? It really does because that one story that you tell can go viral so quickly and make such a strong impression that the next time they see something that you wrote, even if that headline isn't necessarily catching their attention, it was that last piece that was so relevant that makes them say, I guess I should check this out too. And this is how you're able to really train the readers to become followers, to become fans. So the consistency and the momentum that you're building up is just as important as any one piece of content. It really is because you don't know um, what's going to hit somebody on any given day, right? I mean, some of the most popular things we've ever done were rattled off in 15 minutes and you scratch your head and say, why that piece? But it doesn't matter because if you keep doing it all the time, you will have those home runs. Mm, absolutely. So there's obviously such a huge appetite for what you're writing. You know, it's great content. It's in high demand. But this this might be not a straightforward answer to a question to answer, I guess. But who or what is letting your audience down elsewhere? Is there something that's fundamentally broken? Um, you know, where does this big need for your your advice come from? Mm. <clears throat> that's a great question. So we're obviously in the career counseling space, and what I saw um, when I was in private practice was that people really need. Um, coaching on a consistent basis, right? So you really need that person there in the moment. So when you're making a mistake or you're having an issue or a challenge, you can work through it with them. Um, most of us don't have access to coaches 24-7. We can't afford it. You know, pro athletes, executives, they all have coaches. Um, but the, the general population doesn't or doesn't think to invest in it. So what they do is they search for those answers online, and they look for advice from credible individuals. And that's where that consistency comes into play. I think 
people are being let down because they might read a random article here, you know, or see a random video here. But where's the brand behind that? Where's the proof that what that person's saying works? And so if you don't have that behind you, if you don't have lots of content so that they can keep reading and get to know you, get to trust your advice, then it just doesn't hold. And I think that that's um, where people are struggling right now. Yeah. Do you think part of it is um, your content very specifically focuses on on people and people issues? Whereas in the recruitment space, there's a lot of focus um, and conversation around technology, you know, the, the tools. Do, do you think as an industry and a space, we sometimes forget about the, the person? Oh, it's such a great point. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. <clears throat> you know, in recruiting, we're seeing a lot more attention being paid to candidate experience this year, um, specifically around things like rejection. You know, when you reject candidates, what happens? Um, because it's coming back to bite them. They haven't been paying attention to the person. Um, they've forgotten that there is a relationship there um, and really ideally a partnership, mm -hmm. right? The best possible thing is a partnership. And if you aren't respecting your partner, it's going to come back and get you. And I, I think you're absolutely right. People are trying to game the system with technology mm -hmm. and they've forgotten that it still involves a, a human being who wants to partner with you. What are you doing to give them the confidence that you're a good partner? Yeah. And, you know, I guess when you're trying to recruit, especially en masse with big numbers, the tendency is to is to look at the numbers and the KPIs and all, all of that stuff and a sort of recruitment funnel. And it does make me laugh, actually, because a lot of the time you'll work really hard to drive people to uh, job advertising. And a lot of times it's, it's just text on a page and it couldn't be um, any more underwhelming if, if you tried. It's literally, you know, a whole page of text and hope and you hope that people are inspired by that to, to apply for a job. You've got a slightly different view on this and a different approach, which is a little bit more people focused. Can, can you elaborate on on what you're up to at the moment a little bit? Yeah. Our audience, the sophisticated job seeker, is a job shopper. And they have expectations. And a study that we did in 2015 showed that 76% of these individuals have basic expectations that need to be met by you, the employer, for them to even consider applying to your job. Um, they want to see that you have a dedicated careers page on your own website. They want to see that you have a LinkedIn page, that you have a Glassdoor page, and that you have content out there that allows them through third-party credibility to see what you're like as an employer. So they're really doing their homework on you, just like we do as consumers. They just mimic consumer behavior. Absolutely. So if we know that to be true, what we're telling people today is that your LinkedIn page, your Glassdoor page, your careers pages, those are your storefront. That's your real estate. And you absolutely have to have it. But now you've got to put stuff in the windows. And not only do you need to put it in the windows, you need to do that consistently. You need to swap things out and put new things in the windows so that you can get people to come back. And so if you take that visual, we decided, you know, there's a better way to do this. Throw out the job description and start telling your story. You know, tell that job. So we have um, just announced a show called The Job Shop. And it's a show where we feature employers to our job shoppers, to all those people out there who are trying to understand companies. And we were really able to distill down that a job seeker wants to know eight things about a company. And, and so we weave those eight things into the story. And if you want, I can tell you what those eight things are. Yeah, please do. 
Okay, so the first thing are your vital stats. Um, and your vital stats are the size of your company. Are you small, medium, or large? Um, your location, because obviously that's relevant to them. And then your company vibe. Now, your company vibe is the feeling or the persona of the company. Um, and we've identified those to be four major categories. There's a classic company vibe. There's a hipster vibe. There's a polished vibe. And there's a techie vibe. Cool. And any company is going to be one of those, maybe two at the most in combination. Mm-hmm. Um, but by identifying yourself as that, immediately, if you think about that, Brian, if I was to say to you, hey, this company is a small company located in London and they're hipster techie. If you close your eyes, you can almost visualize what that company is going to be like. Oh, it paints a picture. Right? It's brilliant. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Immediately. <clears throat> Add a few photographs in there and boom, there's credibility that it is what it is. So, so the, we, oh, we, we, we could be talking about a, a marketing campaign here. You know, what you just described, you know, it really is a, an example of uh, recruiters thinking like, like marketers, right? So why don't more... Um, recruitment departments, HR departments, spend more time with the marketers in their own company and, and do this. When, when you describe what you're up to, it's actually quite disruptive in your space. But, but when you describe it, it just sounds like common sense. You know, why, why aren't more people doing this? You know, they say that there's time to work in your business and time to work on your business. Mm-hmm. And I think what we see right now, recruiting is so crunched, right? There's a talent shortage going on. They're so busy working in their business, mm-hmm. doing their day-to-day activities, that they're not lifting their heads up, taking a step back and working on the business and saying, could we be doing this differently? Can we be doing this better? And I think that that's going to change because what's going to happen is as recruiting doesn't reach its goals, it's going to roll up to executive teams and executive teams are going to come down the hallway and say, hold up here a minute. Why aren't you getting it done? We've given you the resources. Whatever you're doing is not getting it done. Let's see if we could do this differently. And that's when we're going to be able to start to understand that, hey, marketing down the hallway should be working with us. Right. So I think we're going to see that change. That common sense is going to come around as that crunch hits and recruiting has to do something differently, has to find a new way. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it seems obvious. But it really isn't because they're they're just too busy. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. And you know, we um, you know our clients and people we talk to, it's it's just not something on their radar. I think I think it's definitely coming towards us, though. I think it's 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 something that more and more brands, as this war for talent it sort of continues and heats up, it's something that that brands need to start to, uh, addressing. So, JT, talk to me about employer branding. Um, I think people get the concept of what branding is. Specifically, what is employer branding to an organization and you know, just how valuable and, and powerful can it be? Absolutely. So one of the first things that I tell companies is that you don't need to create a brand, an employer brand. You have to reveal it. It already exists. <laughs> and one of the nice things about the fact that we're in what we would call phase two of employer branding is that we're able to learn from early adopters' mistakes. So the good news is if you're listening to this and you haven't started employer branding, you can start to reveal it and use a lot of the research and results to um, do a good job. Um, And by that, I mean, focus in on five key things. Employer branding comes down to showcasing five attributes of your company, and they are your leadership style, your employee attributes. What are the common traits of all employees? Your values and beliefs. Why is the business in business and how does it do its business? Your wow factor, what is the thing that your employees brag about when they say, I work at XYZ company? And then your fun factor, because 
good teamwork, great team chemistry, higher levels of productivity and engagement come from fun. What's your brand of fun at your company? If you can reveal those five things, you've got your employer brand. Wow, that's, it's that simple. That's brilliant. Now, what if <laughs> what if um, companies don't like what they start to reveal? Because that's the danger, right? If they don't like the culture, if they don't, if those five things aren't in order. Um, do you think that's that's the fear that some companies have? They they're scared of revealing um, the the true employer brand that they do have. Yeah. So my first answer to that is, if you're afraid of your employer brand, you've got bigger problems on your hands. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because it's not sustainable. If you know what you're doing isn't right and isn't marketable um, in this age of transparency, you're in trouble. And let me tell you why. Because thanks to Uber and lots of other companies, the Uberfication of our world, we are now making transparency normal, right? The driver can rate the customer. The customer can rate the driver. Well, that's only going to continue in the employment world. Right. And we're seeing more and more of that. Um, A really crazy thing that we're seeing here that we're going to see a rise of is employer shaming. (laughs) <laughs> um, we're seeing employees take to um, platforms like Medium yeah. and LinkedIn and really write their experiences about working for a company and being unapologetic about it. Yeah. Now, if you can't back that up, if you don't have an employer brand, employment branding that supports your brand, then you're going to be in trouble. And I'll give you a great example. Amazon. You know, Amazon had an um, employee, you know, speak to a New York Times, I think it was New York Times or Wall Street Journal, really scathing article about what it's like to work at Amazon. And it went massively viral. But an employee of Amazon woke up on a Saturday morning, saw that article and was so enraged, he wrote his own version on his own, unasked, on LinkedIn about what it's really like to work at Amazon. That had 500,000 views in 24 hours. Wow, that's brilliant. Now that's, that's a real brand. Amazon was unapologetic. They said, yes, this is who we are. It's not meant for everyone. But if this is what you like, this is who we are. Come work with us. It only helped them. Now, that's why you have to think about your brand. Be unapologetic about your brand. It is what it is. But if you're afraid of it, then you really need to look deeper about your culture. Yeah. And I guess if you don't like what you uh, start to reveal, then at least you're aware of it and you can do something about it, I guess. Um, But do you think think brands jump straight to, um, given that they – have the challenge, the immediate challenge a lot of the time, of, of recruiting quickly. Do you think some brands move straight to formulating an EVP and an employee value proposition? And is there a risk of it not being authentic if you haven't got the, 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 the branding aspect uh, organized first? You know, there's always a risk of that, right? Anytime you're scaling quickly. Um, but I think that's even more reason to simplify those five things that I talked about. It shouldn't be hard to get in a room and figure out what you want to say about yourself in those five things and then hire to that. So um, I would challenge companies to just start with that. And then as you're hiring, it's not a set it and forget it. Take a look at as you're hiring and reassess and what, how is your culture evolving and changing and just make sure that you're aware of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, let the stories unfold, believe it or not, because you're going to, your, your employees are going to be your greatest assets in this storytelling factor, right? They want to share the stories. Um, and you just need to be willing to let them share them mm-hmm. in their own way and trust that that is going to attract more talent. Um, and there's examples to support that. Now I think companies have been afraid of that, but you're going to see that shift. So how, how would you advise brands listening to this? 
who would really like to amplify that and encourage proactively their employees to help them spread the message or tell their own their own stories? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing you have to do is get your employees together and say, hey, do you agree that these are the things we want to reveal about ourselves? So don't don't do that in a vacuum. Because to push message onto your employees is inauthentic. Let them be part of the creation of that message. Let them agree that it's the right message because that's how you get them to buy into that. Um, and then once you do, offer ways for them to be able to share their story and, and suggest and say, yes, we'd love it if you tweet about us. We'd love it if you post it on Instagram. Um, use this has- hashtag. So give them some structure and then monitor it, you know, and don't get too hung up. Don't don't um, create too many rules. If somebody does something that you don't like, um, you can go to them and say, take it down. But you have to believe that your, your employees want to put the right thing out there um, because it's their brand, too. And they're savvy enough to understand that. So I think with some basic structure and some you know, focus on these are the messages we want to send and then just trust your employees to do the right thing and, and monitor it. That, I think that's some, some great advice. Now, there's still some brilliant companies out there that are not are not doing this and not getting this right. Um, is it is it right to say that uh, it's not good enough to be a great company? You do have to focus on telling the stories that you create, you know. Because I guess you know we talk about a war for talent. We have to be on our A game. We have to leverage what we've got, right? You know, it's is it enough to just be a brilliant company these days? No, I agree with you. It's not enough anymore. And like it or not, the internet's here to stay. <laughs> and the internet created this, right? Yeah. If, if we can all research, we feel compelled. I mean, who of us today would just run out and buy a product or service, especially an expensive one, without doing any research online first? It's just unfathomable. Uh, so the same thing happens. I'm not going to work for a company. It's on me. If my my job, my career is on me, then I have to research and partner with companies I respect and I trust. And that's how the world is changing. That actually excites me. But it does create a whole new element for companies that they have to think about in terms of, of that branding, especially that employer branding. Um, but I'll tell you one thing. I think it creates an amazing opportunity for the underdogs out there. I think there are some fabulous, unheard of companies out there that when they go get their employment brand out to the world, uh, they really could take down the bigger companies who aren't paying attention to it. Oh, absolutely. And we're seeing that um, all the time. There's this disruption all around us. And I guess that makes for um, a really exciting uh, you know, place to sort, of, to sort of watch this stuff. And, but turning on, it, on its head for a second... You know, I think it's fair to say that even great companies need to up their game, telling their story and um, and working hard to attract talent. Um, but, you know, I guess people out there looking for the right job, uh, they also need to tell their personal story um, in the best way possible. So the CV just doesn't really cut it these days. Uh, I don't know whether you'd agree with that. Have you got any advice for somebody really reaching and trying to um, to build their career? How do they tell their personal story in order to, to sort of fulfill their potential? Yeah, well, the first thing I'll say is I can't wait to the death of the CV. I have to be honest with you. <laughs> it's as bad as the job description, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly, yeah. Absolutely. Awful to read. Yeah. Um, they've done studies. Recruiters spend about six seconds on your CV. That's how painful it is. Six seconds. Wow. Six seconds, yeah. yeah. They skim. Um, so knowing that your personal brand is extremely important. Mm-hmm. And so 
it comes down to those, those stories, the content, and you have to find your way. And some people say, oh my gosh, I'm not a good writer or I'm not good on video. And my answer to you is, well, guess what? You're going to have to get good at it because <laughs> it's here to stay. Uh-huh. It's not going to go away. So figure it out, learn. Um, and you'd be amazed if you can just write about what you care about. I tell people, everyone has a specialty. And if you just start by writing your, out your methodology, how do you solve that particular problem? How do you alleviate that particular pain? You'll start to see uh, the content that you should be writing and explaining. And it's allowing that employer inside your head and letting them see how you work. And, you know, you don't have to do tons of content. I, I tell a lot of people, write three articles and post them on LinkedIn. Um, one should be your methodology. Two should be a case study. Right. And three should be one of the biggest challenges that you ever overcame. And if you just were to do those three stories, think about how much you would share with an employer all related to your brand. Right. And you control the messaging. That's the best part. Well, wow, that's, that's a really cool way of way of looking at it. But people struggle with this, don't they? You know, and, and when if you talk to people who are um, they're not creative, they, they don't feel like they've got these these skills that you're saying you're just going to have to have to learn it. It must terrify some people. Now, the amount of traffic that you get to your site, JT, there must be questions or articles that you see time and time again come up. Are there any trends that that you, you, you that you've noticed? Um, you know, just innate problems that are just you know timeless. Yeah, it's, well, obviously, people still come to us. People assume that if they're having problems in their career, it must be their resume or their CV. So we still see lots of requests for information on that. It's now migrated to LinkedIn. Okay. Because the LinkedIn profile matters, right? Everyone's, mm-hmm. again, if I'm researching uh, somebody for a job, I'm going to look them up online first. Um, I'm going to go to LinkedIn. So lots of questions around that. Um, and then the biggest thing is interviewing. A lot of people are um, saying, I'm not telling the right stories in the interview. I'm not getting my message across properly. Really? And that's, yeah, and that's because uh, recruiters are using behavioral interviewing. So they're asking you open questions. Brian, tell me about a time when you had to overcome <laughs> adversity, you know. And these are, these are questions that require you to tell a story. Mm. And so I think that um, we're really expecting people to up their game in that area. Uh, as you get better at interviewing, I find you start to realize what your specialties are and actually that content kind of comes full circle. The better at interviewing you get, the more ideas you have for content that you could share online. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess you don't want to be in an interview scenario thinking about the answers to those questions for the first time, right? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> JT, you, you seem to be somebody who is always one step ahead. I guess that's why, why you hold people's attention online. This is this is a really tough question, quite open ended, I guess. But what's um, what's next? What's um, what are you working on at the moment that you can you can share with us, or, or what can you tell us about where you see the marketplace going next? Yeah, so I really believe that talent and recruiting are going to come together through storytelling, through that content that you're talking about. I think we're going to see job descriptions go away, and I think companies they're going to become ways for companies to easily share their employer brand with that talent and get it in front of that talent, then that content will be engaging and interesting and drive that talent to apply to the jobs faster. So I'm excited about what's happening right now in the world. When you see companies, uh, sites like BuzzFeed exploding, as much as you can laugh about some of the funny (laughs) stuff they do, 
they're also building out very serious wings of their business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And all of that um, becomes a destination. And I believe that we're going to start to see employment destinations. Um, and certainly with us at Careerism, that's our goal, right? We have um, people coming to the site every day. We're going to be starting to build a lot more content that showcases employers' brands okay. um, in a way that gets that job seeker right there in the moment to go, I've got to go check that company out or I've got to apply right now. That's our future. That's how we get this to happen faster. Wow, that sounds like an exciting place to be. It is. <laughs> Brilliant. JT, um, that's just about all, all the time we've got. Um, but before, before I let you go, can you tell our audience where they can find out a little bit more about you so they can, um, they can benefit from your, uh, your relentless content and, and, uh, and thought leadership? Absolutely. So I love, I'm an open networker on LinkedIn. Uh So I love when people reach out to me there. They can find me um, on LinkedIn as JT O'Donnell and just, uh, you know, send me a little customized invite that you heard it on the show and I'll be sure to accept and connect with you. And then of course we welcome everyone to come over to careerism.com. It's the word career and realism and they share one R in the middle. Um, We invite you to sign up and start getting our content. Uh, We love talking to companies um, and certainly if you're interested in being on the job shop and some of our other new shows that are going to be coming out uh we'd love to talk to you about that as well fantastic and um yeah finally the job shop i think it's it's a great concept it's really worth checking out and it just makes so much sense that rather than um job vacancies turning it into content engaging content to to showcase your brand it's 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 such a simple and obvious idea but it's fantastic so definitely worth checking out so that's um, that's all we've got time for uh, guys join me again next week for some more storytelling insights but uh, but bye for now and jt thanks so much for joining me today thanks brian thanks everyone bye bye now so that's it for another week but before you go don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode And for a chance to win a copy of our best-selling book, Getting Goosebumps, simply subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Or tweet us your thoughts using hashtag Getting Goosebumps. Would you like to pick the next guest? Let me know who you'd love to hear on the show by emailing me at brian at ph-creative.com.